for inbox.com here. So Alan Iverson earned apparently 200, well, actually over $200 million in his NBA career, but apparently now he's broke. Kind of crazy when you really think about it. So let's get into the story. Allen Iverson, who has earned over $154 million in salary alone, okay, what the NBA paid him, over $154 million, is reportedly broke, and that number excludes millions more in non-salary income, including a $50 million lifetime endorsement contract from Reebok, and the player best known as the answer has no easy answer for the bills, including around 859000 he currently owes to a Georgia jewelry store. Too bad he didn't have Newt's credit line at Tiffany's. So whether Iverson can't or won't pay agent and company jewelers is unclear. Moreover, there is no evidence that Iverson has officially declared bankruptcy, but Iverson's seemingly desperate attempts at a comeback suggests that he's in deep financial trouble. By the way, this article was like written in like 2012 for those who are like paying attention to this. But I think this is like a very important article to read to kind of goes to show you the absolute financial destructions that happen to pro athletes, okay? For instance, he has made the Iverson equivalent at Pilaf to play in Turkey and was offered plantains to play in Puerto Rico. Now comes an insulting offer to pay indoor soccer for the Rochester Lancers. It's a sad and shameful denouement for a man who, pound for pound on his 6-foot, 165-pound frame, is the most gifted and fearless guard to ever play pro basketball. And most sport fans saw this day coming. Some will point to Iverson's row in a controversial bowling alley bra in Hampton, Virginia. Bum, 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 bum. Let's see, anything else? What's sad is that the remedy was so simple and easy. For instance, I calculate that even if Iverson had passively invested, say in a broad-based index fund like SPY, SPY, only half of the more than $200 million he reportedly made over the past 16 years and wantonly squandered the rest, the amount he invested would have at least kept pace with inflation. I am not talking hedge funds or sexy IPOs. I am talking large cap staples of the American economy with no vig at all to the money management sharks, Ponzi schemers and private equity shysters that circle pro athletes and their posses, a high-rated tax-free long-term municipal bond ETF like MLN might even be safer, if not always more profitable. And here's the thing, right? So this article was written like 2012. It is now 2022, so 10 years. If he had put in half of the $2 million, he basically made $100 million by that time, he would have had potentially have made a $200 million profit by now. Well, I mean, a $100 million profit by now, at least, right? So it's like, it's crazy when you really think about it, right? Like, it's so... Like, it doesn't take something complicated in terms of like investing right like personal finance investing is just not complicated it's actually a very simple process you just have to consistently do it every single month 
right? And you could automate it to the point where you're not even thinking about it every single month, right? You might not even be thinking about it till like tax time. Like that's how passive investing can actually be if you just set it up correctly, right? He could have literally set this all up automatically and never looked at it. And by the time that he retired from pro basketball, pro NBA, all that kind of stuff, right? He would have been retired with hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars without really ever thinking about anything. Let's see. As I learned when my beloved mother, an accumulator of seemingly expensive things, suddenly passed, most material things don't carry much resale value. Yet celebrities in general and pro athletes in particular think they do. Blinged out, overly customized, and hard to resale mansions, diamond studded watches, Gulfstream jets, fur coats, cheesy overpriced jewelry, and the Requisite Bentleys all lose their value over time. Cars, no matter what the brand, lose value as soon as they are driven off the lot. Same goes for planes. In only rare cases does a watch grow in value. Ditto for jewelry, especially garish jewelry. The best and safest way to grow money over the long term is through investing in dividend-paying stocks. Boring? Yeah. Not very street. But as a former German girlfriend once told me, to be radical in your art, you need to be conservative in your life. And I would have to agree with this statement right here, right? To be radical in your art, you need to be conservative in your life. Meaning, right, if you get your personal finances in order to the extent that you don't even have to worry about anything in your personal life, that means your passion, whether it be like, Playing for the NBA, singing, creating movies, doing whatever it is is like your passion, right? You go full hog into there and not really worry about anything because personally, your personal finance situation, your life situation is not being bombarded by so many different factors causing you to get beat down constantly every day. Like, imagine it, the difference in your life as to what you could potentially achieve if every day you're waking up worrying about your bills or not, where you don't have any of those worries at all. As much as I admired Iverson as a player and guiltily enjoyed his imitable, incorrigible bad boy charm, it is still tragic that someone, anyone, in his expansive network of takers, enablers, and handlers, and psychophants did not at some point pull the 11-time all-star aside and be a genuine financial friend. And I don't mean the lecture that all rookies receive that 60% of NBA players are broke within five years of leaving the game. That lecture is obviously not working. A genuine financial friend would have spoken ongoing, unvarnished personal truth, lose the lottery mindset, dump the hangers on, drop the traveling hairstylist, and instead start saving and investing wisely. A bona fide financial friend would have done the difficult thing and gotten the league or the players' union to hold Iverson's paychecks in escrow. Moreover, an NBA that cared more about his personal and brand, well, personnel and brand, would have required that Iverson, as well as all players, pass a yearly financial planning and retirement course before they were allowed on the hardwood, including how to read a financial statement, 
why the run from promises of a guaranteed return, and how a rock-solid prenup, <coughs> living well, and family planning can prevent you from getting soaked by a gold-digging ex. Now, Alan Isael Iverson is reportedly broke by all accounts, but his own, his wages garnished, his Wells Fargo bank account out of his control. Moreover, those 50 or so friends and family that lived off or milked Iverson's naive generosity are running for cover. As of today, Alan Iverson joins the unholy pantheon of all-time proliferate sports spendrists, from Derek Coleman to John Daly, Cheryl Swoops to Mike Tyson, although Mike Tyson has definitely made a comeback by now, Jack Clark to Diego Mardana, Latros Burwell to George Best, who each squandered a king's ransom because of a lack of financial education and the desire to pursue it. And I thought this was a pretty good article written by, who was it? James Marshall Crody. I thought that was a really good article. Good job for you, back in 2012. And again, you have to view personal finance as like a habit, more so than a hassle, more so than like a chore, right? Just like a habit. Like, okay, like every month, I'm automatically going to be investing towards my retirement, okay? I'm always going to be debt-free. I'm always going to spend less than what I make, right? Something as simple as that, right? Like, literally, spending as this little, little blueprint. Spend less than you make, stay out of debt, automatically invest for your retirement, and you will live a very good life financially speaking, life without much stress, without much thinking, right? And if you want to learn how to get out of debt and master your money, go to 40 But here's the thing, like, it's not complicated. It's actually a very simple process. Just people need to know how to do it. And it's so sad to see people who make disgusting amounts of money literally just waste it. Like, think about it. If you had a good understanding of personal finance, like, to, like, the bare minimum understanding of it, you could easily live a very comfortable life with not even a hundredth of what this guy made, okay? Like, it's insane. It's absolutely insane, the amount of money that all these people just burn through. It honestly makes me depressed, honestly, because like the amount of money has just been wasted on useless items. And here's the thing, there's nothing wrong with buying expensive stuff, but don't buy expensive stuff to the degree that you're actually causing harm to yourself and your family. Like, it's crazy. 